Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Bodhicitta, as it's called, the awakened heart or the uh, enlightened heart, the awakened mind. Chitta, mind, heart, are both translations for the word chitta and bodhi, enlightenment, like Buddha or Bodhi tree. And after going through all of his um, teachings and instructions on how to awaken this heart, things to do to, uh, to prepare that deep intention for taking the, the bodhisattva vow, and ways to relate in the world through skillful action, through discipline, through courage, through patience, through uh, uh, generosity of heart, and through a, um, a real zeal and developing of wisdom, comes to the end of the treatise where he is dedicating his teaching for the welfare of all. Now, this is something that you probably have done or heard you know, many times. You know, may, may our gathering uh, here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. And it's a, it's a lovely thought. Sometimes we say it so much that it's or so so frequently that it's just kind of like a nice wrap up for an evening. But when you get in touch with what it really means, it's it's quite profound. It's really the the culmination. It's not just a wrap up of his teachings. It's the culmination of the bodhisattva ideal, dedicating. Merit. First, what is merit? In the uh, Theravadan teachings, the the lineage that we practice at Spirit Rock and in this community, um, which is from the original teachings of the, the Buddha, Theravada, Thera means elder, and Theravada, way of the elders. Um, the teachings of the Buddha, he talks about merit. And it's actually a central principle in, in Southeast Asia uh, of where the, these teachings flourish in Burma and Thailand, Sri Lanka. That's one of the main ways that the lay community supports, or one of the main motivations that the lay community supports the, uh, the monastic community as they um, line up uh, each morning to put food in the monk or nun's bowl. They're doing it... Uh, partly out of inspiration to support the monastics, of course, and partly as uh, it's, it's said to gain merit when you are generous with, uh, with people who are, um, who've been supportive of your spiritual 
um, journey, particularly monks and nuns, and that's one of the one of the ways to accrue merit um, is by giving. Now, in the Theravadan teachings, there are the word often that's that's translated as merit is parami. Now you might have might be familiar with parami as like paramita perfections, the different perfections like generosity and um, renunciation and patience and there's ten different perfections. I won't go into them all now. But really parami, another way of thinking of parami is um, a force of purity in the heart. And it is, it is the development of paramis that create good circumstances. There are particularly two kinds of paramis. Paramis that have to do with conduct and paramis that have to do with wisdom. And these accumulated forces of purity lead to good circumstances. When you think about it, I, when I think about it, I think about my life, okay, and there are certain junctures in my life, especially when I was younger and pretty confused, that my life, it could have gone any way. It could have gone down a road that would lead me in a very different direction than practicing and sharing the Dharma. And when I think about how somehow I was led to be exposed and, um, and inspired in a way that led to, um, to a more noble path, It amazes me, how did that happen? How did I get so fortunate? Instead of becoming bitter, instead of becoming um, angry, instead of becoming closed, instead of continuing to do some pretty stupid things, you know, you can only get away with that so long. And after a while, it's going to catch up with you. But something steered me in another direction. And that is said to be, in the Theravadan tradition, these forces of purity that have been developed over lifetimes. Purity of conduct, when you act with integrity. Actually, there's, there's three fields of action that these, these paramis are developed. Dana, sila, bhavana. And the first two, dana, generosity, and sila, virtue, are those that develop this purity of conduct that lead to happy surroundings, good relationships, and the opportunity to hear the Dharma. So I would say everybody in this room, to some extent or another, has developed some good forces of purification to have you come here, practice together, be interested in sitting and 
and just being still and opening up to the moment, to have good enough circumstances that you um, that you are with some like-minded friends. This is wonderful to have that good fortune is not an accident. Hearing the Dharma is one is the is one very profound step, but then. The third one, bhavana or meditation, develops forces of purity that allow you not only to hear it, but to practice it and to open up to a deep wisdom. It's again, not an accident. It's not an accident that we're all sitting here and it's not an accident if you have the opportunity and the inclination to practice, to more than just say, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Okay, well, that was a cool book that I read. To actually put it into living practice for yourself, to see for yourself and develop the wisdom, that's very extraordinary karma that comes out of your intention to practice. So these are karmic results that are, um, that are basically cause and effect. You do this, this happens. And if you do it over lifetimes, your forces of purity, your paramis, develop. So that's the idea of merit, that you have some very good karma coming to you. Now, in the Theravadan tradition, if you've, if you've put in your time and, and, uh, and put in those, those causes, then the, the good results can come. In the Theravadan tradition, um, the idea of sharing our merit is is not as highlighted as in the uh, Mahayana tradition. This takes it one step further, the Tibetan and the Zen traditions, where instead of our own awakening, even a, a loftier goal is the bodhisattva goal where you are awakening for the benefit of all. So the idea of sharing your merit was, was something that, uh, that was a leap in consciousness. To share my good, my good merit, to share the benefit of what would come to me because I was skillful in my actions and generous in my heart. How do you share merit? Who's keeping track anyway? How does it all work? Well, the Buddha said, actually, if you try to figure out how it works, it's one of the things that would drive you crazy. So I'm not going to give you any answers tonight. I don't know how it works. Actions seem to have consequences. But as far as sharing our merit, who knows what's going on? But the very act of sharing is one more step of generosity. It's like any good that might come to me through my past actions or through my present actions I don't want to keep it all for myself. I want to share it with everyone. 
what a what a, an amazingly beautiful and lofty goal. And the way it works, as the Buddha said with generosity, that the karmic result of generosity is abundance. So it's a kind of mm, interesting way to look at it. Well, if I share my merit, does that mean I get more coming back to me? But the tricky thing, it, perhaps it does. But the, the tricky thing is you can't be generous in order to get more. Can't, can't play around that way. Because generosity has to happen from a, a completely free heart that wants nothing in return. And it just so happens when we are generous like that. Think of somebody in your life who's very generous, who inspires you with their generosity. Just think of somebody. It's just their natural way. So how do you feel being around somebody like that? Makes you want to be generous back, doesn't it? That's just how it works. You can just see within yourself. You want to be generous back. So on a very mundane level, you can see that the, the result, the karmic result of sharing is, is abundance. I don't know if it works as far as the karmic result of sharing your merit that you get even more and more merit. But what it does when we do share our merit, when we dedicate the, the good paramis, the good fortune that we have with others for the benefit of others, it shifts our attitude in practice. It, it brings a wider perspective of practice. We're, we're opening ourselves so that it's not just practice for me. And that openness, that, that more inclusive quality of heart touches a deeper place of, of wholesomeness, of goodness. And so Whatever is happening on a karmic level with whoever is keeping score, if, one, if nothing else, it opens our heart with more generosity. And it also softens us because it connects us with all beings. We are in touch with our caring for all beings. And we're in touch with our compassion for them, with the feeling of uh, caring for their suffering. So I'll, I'll read a little bit, I'll read some of the Shantideva and then we can uh, see how this works in, in our own life. This is, uh, I'll just skip around. First, he opens up. By all the virtue I have now amassed by composition of this book, his, his teaching, which speaks of entry to the Bodhisattva way, may every being tread the path to Buddhahood by that virtue that I've amassed. May beings everywhere who suffer, who suffer torment in their minds and bodies, have by virtue of my merit, joy and happiness in boundless measure. As long as they may linger in samsara, may their present joy know no decline, and may they taste of unsurpassed beatitude in constant and unbroken continuity. Then he, he goes to the different 
realms and shares his merit, dedicates the merit that might come from this teaching with beings in different realms. First he goes through the hell realms, and I won't get into all the stuff that he says about all the different hell realms because it gets kind of out there, but throughout the spheres and reaches of the world, in hellish states, wherever they may be, may beings fettered there, tormented, taste the bliss and peace of Sukhavati, one of the bodhisattvas. May those caught in the freezing ice, there's hot hell realms, there's cold hell realms, there's, you know, any flavor you want, you know, of hell, they, they've got them in the in these teachings. May those caught in the freezing ice be warmed and from the massing clouds of bodhisattva's prayers may torrents rain in boundless streams to cool those burning in infernal fires. Now, how does that work? You say, well, I don't know about all this hell realm stuff or these different realms. I mean, might have thought you were out of that after you left Sunday school or, you know, what was it, Jonathan Edwards? Was he the guy, the fire and brimstone from uh, from the Puritan... Uh, 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 what is it? Dante's Infernos, yeah. So who knows about that stuff? There might be. It seems like there's lots of different possibilities and to think that what we're here in this one little band of life on this speck called planet Earth is the only show in town in this vast universe, who's to say? You don't have to believe it or ascribe to it if it doesn't ring true for you. There might be something to it, but there's certainly something to the hell realms that we find ourselves in sometimes and the hell realms that other people get stuck in. And the way, the way it works is that if you're stuck in a hell realm, supposedly in those different spheres, one of the, one of the main ways out is for a bodhisattva to come and give you a glimmer of possibility. Because it's so hard to see the truth when you're, when you're caught in that terror and fear and contraction. So if a bodhisattva comes to a hell realm and says, hey, there's another way, that's where a bodhisattva, according to Shantideva and, and, the, and the Tibetan practice, they go, they go right to the hell realms if they're like high-level bodhisattvas. Okay, I've got some work to do. I'll roll up my sleeves and, okay, anybody who want to, wants to hear, there's another way here. Okay. But we know in a very practical way, when we're stuck in a hell realm and we have a connection with somebody who inspires us, whether it's the Dalai Lama or a good friend or you read a book that touches you in some way that says, wait, maybe there's another perspective here, that it can shake us out of our deep confusion. 
So to be a bodhisattva, to see when somebody is really in their hell realm, it might be the last place you'd want to go, unless they happen to be a very good friend of yours, then it might be the very first place you want to go if you've got the energy for it and the connection for it. Of course you'd want to go help your friend. But to go to a hell realm where somebody is stuck that you don't know so well, or maybe that is lost in their own anger and confusion, and you can make a difference, that's quite extraordinary. It's like the story of Angulimala, where uh, of the Buddhas, uh, in the Buddha's time, where that serial killer who was killing 999 people, he sees the Buddha and the Buddha wakes him up. That can happen. That can happen with us on this level. And I'm remembering uh, Ishmael uh, Bea, who wrote uh, a long, The Long Way Home, the, the guy who is uh, the young, young boy who for three years in Sierra Leone was, was committing all these horrible atrocities along with countless other young people who came back from that, that hell realm because he was fortunate enough to encounter a few people, one woman particularly who was a Buddhist, who saw a glimmer of a sparkle of goodness in him and she took him under his wing and now he is just this amazingly inspiring being. It can happen to anyone. You know, that's the story of amazing grace, too, right? I, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It's never too late. It's just never too late. And we don't know, as we express our practice, the effect that it can have on, on somebody. So if someone is stuck in their hell realm... If you've got the energy and it feels safe enough to look for their goodness and see this is somebody worth believing in, they might start believing in themselves. Often it happens when uh, on, on retreat, not just on retreat, outside of retreat too, but often on retreat where people go through they're hell realms that are called spiritual emergencies. And, they, and somebody might really be out there in a very, very scary place where they're, they're not quite balanced. It can happen in retreat and outside of retreat too, where you just get in way over your head. And if there's the, the proper, a skillful guiding through, then spir- the spiritual emergency, instead of ending up in a hospital strapped down and, and with Thorazine uh, and uh, with a whole lot of doctors saying, oh, this, this, this kid is in trouble, and then he wakes up and sees where he is, and that can just freak one out more. Instead, there can be a guidance through that spiritual emergency to a spiritual emergence. And some of the people who I know who are the most inspiring have made that trip. That's what R.D. Lang says. The ones who have made the trip to the hell realms and back 
are the greatest healers of all. And often it takes just being around somebody who can bring that bodhisattva energy and say, you're worth it. I'm here for you. So there's this whole thing that Shantideva has of going to all, all the different hell realms. Then there's the human realms. I'll read a little of that. All the different <coughs> beings. And he says, may those who go in dread, this is of humans, have no more fear. May captives be unchained and now set free. May the weak receive their strength. May living beings help each other in kindness. May those who lose their way and stray in misery find fellow travelers, find Sangha, and safe from threat of thieves and savage beasts be tireless in their journey light. And their journey light. Couple more. May beings destitute of splendor become magnificent and bright, and those worn down by toil and drudgery acquire great beauty and perfection. May the lowly come to excellence, the proud and haughty, may they lose their arrogance. And thus, by all the merit I have gained, may every being, leaving none aside, abandon all their evil read, confused ways, embracing goodness now and evermore. Part of the the Bodhisattva's challenge is to work through all prejudice and bias we might have. You know, well, I don't know about that one. They think differently than I do. They have different um, ideals than I do. How do you get past that prejudice and bias even when you know you're right? To still be a bodhisattva and say, they too are worthy of kindness, and compassion. How do you forgive when somebody is doing something that's so obviously going to be causing suffering to others? Well, there's ignorance there. It's just confusion that would make somebody act in ways that cause harm to others. So to to see through their confusion and to see their basic goodness. How do we do that? Well, part of the Bodhisattva trip is seeing our own confusion, seeing when we get lost, when we get confused, we can do some pretty dumb things. And when we're humbled, every time we're humbled, again and again and again, this is part of our Bodhisattva practice. Because... That's where the haughty lose their arrogance, where the self-righteous say, oh, I get lost. And that attitude of forgiveness and kindness is, becomes a gift to all. He talks 
I'll read this one line that might, might seem relevant. May kindly spirits bring the rains on time for harvests to be rich and plentiful. May princes rule according to the truth. And may the world be blessed with all prosperity. This is talking about wise leaders. May princes rule according to the truth. May we have an enlightened society where rulers and leaders have the best interests in mind. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And towards the end. This is one of uh, the Dalai Lama's favorite verses. And now, as long as space endures, as long as there are beings to be found, may I continue likewise to remain to drive away the sorrows of the world. And And to my virtuous friends, I also bow, whose inspiration gave me strength to grow. May bodhicitta, precious and sublime, arise where it has not yet come to be, and where it has arisen, may it not decline, but grow and flourish ever more and more. So, how can we um, apply this principle of dedicating our practice and the merits of our practice to others? like you to um, let's do a practice together there's a, a two two parts to this that that makes sense to me how you can use the dedication of merit to really infuse inspiration in your practice for one we can take a look and see what we want to work on in our practice. Where do we need some inspiration? There might be an area of practice that you, that you could use a little bit more focus on. Maybe working with anger. Maybe working with wise speech. Maybe developing patience. Maybe developing some discipline. Maybe being kind towards yourself. So many different areas of practice. So partly it takes, takes us reflecting on where, what's my growing edge or what do I really need to work on? And then dedicating the merit. It's one thing to, de- to dedicate it for the benefit of all beings. That's really wonderful. Just share it with everyone. But sometimes it can seem so amorphous. It can seem so out there. But when you have an image of somebody, hmm, (laughs) I'm just thinking right now of Joe the plumber, right? (laughs) 
not 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 because of uh, not on the political end, but but that's what that's where one person becomes a symbol, and all of a sudden, it's not just all those people out there, you know. Uh, you, you hear you hear um, uh, both politicians and states statesmen and states people do this all the time. Yes, I got a letter. I, in fact, I was just so moved. I was reading uh, Martin Luther King's speech, um, I, his last speech. I've come to the mountaintop. Uh, I've seen the mountaintop, and in there he says um, he gets this letter from this from this. Uh, I think it's a ninth grader. Uh, sixth grader who says, um, uh, I, I heard that if you would have sneezed when somebody, uh, when this crazy woman uh, stabbed him, that if you would have sneezed, it was so close to your heart that you would have died. And as he's talking about this young, he said, this is, I've met statesmen, I've met uh, you know famous people, but this letter from this girl was, was the most it was the most moving, and I'm glad I didn't sneeze because of this. And I, I'm glad I didn't sneeze because I, I did this, and glad I didn't sneeze. All of a sudden, when there's one person there, that little girl, who's real and whose who's love he could feel, when you speak about it and you have an image of a real person, it gives a whole other depth of meaning to, to your story. And in the same way, when we dedicate our merit, besides doing it, dedicating it to all beings, we can dedicate it to somebody special in our life. To somebody that we really care about. Or maybe to somebody that we wish we cared about, but we're not quite there. Because that can be a, a, a very profound act of generosity as well. When we, when we give to somebody who we have a difficult time with, it opens up our heart. It's, it's a classic Dharma practice. You know, when, if you're having a hard time with somebody, give them a gift. It's almost impossible to stay contracted. You know, sometimes... In the early days, when somebody would give me a gift, I was thinking, "Oh, they, they probably are really having a hard time with me." You know, <laughs> okay, I'll take it. You know. But if you're having a hard time with somebody, and you say, "By by the any merit from this act from this practice, may this person be a benefit uh, benefit from it." So it kind of it links us up with both connecting our own source of juice for practice and to think that we are generous in the process and somebody else can benefit at the same time. Isn't that cool? So let's play around with this. All right. Just uh, close, your, close your eyes. And uh, you might just... Think of somebody either that you care about who might be having a difficult time or somebody you care about who you just want to continue to see them have a wonderful time or somebody 
you may be having a difficult time with yourself, who you'd like to care about more. Either way, you don't have to you don't have to do any what feels most comfortable for you or most juicy for you. It might be a friend or a relative or a coworker or a, a neighbor. Just for a moment, pick somebody who you want to share the benefit of your practice with. And just having them there, just put them on hold for a moment in the background. Think of an area of your practice that you want to work on. An area that, if you gave a bit more attention, would be would benefit by your own wisdom and sincerity and attention. Maybe an emotion that's been hard for you. Maybe discipline, getting more inspiration in practice. Maybe being kind to yourself or more patient. Maybe working more skillfully with your words or your actions. And get in touch with why it is that you want to work in this area, just for your own self first. What good might come from giving us more attention. And think of all the, not only good feelings that you would have, but all the good merit, all the wholesome merit you'd have from your pure intention from developing yourself a bit more, from being a bit kinder, a bit wiser. All the good karma and paramis that you would develop as you do that. And now bring that other person to mind. And imagine sharing with them any goodness that would come your way from your sincere intention for their benefit. sharing your good fortune, your good karma, as an act of true generosity. May the goodness that would come from my practice, the goodness that arises from my practice, may any merit be dedicated to the benefit of this person 
And in your mind, see if you can have that connection, that exchange, right through your good heart to their heart that awakens something good in them. Where they feel your generosity, where they feel from somewhere good energy coming to them. And uh, make that dedication to yourself for this next week, practicing with them in mind or them in your heart so you both benefit. Like you're raising the, the ante, raising the stakes, raising the, the goodness and the inspiration as you let somebody else into your practice as well. Notice how it feels. They're on your karmic team. open it up or have you share with each other. Let's just, let's open it up for for a little while. Any, uh, any comments about that, what that, that feels like? Yeah, here, so, uh, thanks. Back to Joyce, all the way in the back. Um, well, as usual, what a timely Dharma talk for me. Um, I have a friend who's definitely in hell realm, and I've always been his constant, and recently he turned on me, and I just thought I didn't have it in me to keep being there. And, um, and I was feeling bad about it, but just tonight I called and left him a little message, but still not wanting to totally be there for him, because mm-hmm. um, I kept thinking maybe I could help him out of Dukkha, um, where he just likes to be. Um, but this really inspired me. It was like, of course, I need to keep going and be there for him, and it felt very good to just dedicate my merit to him. Um, so just perfect Dharma talk for me. Mm-hmm. Can't even believe it, and yet I do believe that mm-hmm. that's what you talked about tonight, so <laughs> thank you. Yeah, And, you know, it's not like you... You've got to 
call them up and say, hey, I want you to know you're, you're in, my, in my karmic my karmic team this week, you know, you don't even have to say, if it's hard for you to be with them, it's still, it's still the intention. There's something that's planted that's very potent. So you just want to do it in ways that, uh, that really inspire and nourish you rather than having any kind of a plan. Oh, this means I'm going to go and whatever. It might, but it might, it, it might be done in a, in a different way. So... Thank you. Anybody else? I, too, uh, chose someone who was difficult for me. And as I thought about uh, sharing the merit, uh, I had just a real warmth and an opening and a softening in my heart, and it was such a relief. That's the amazing thing, you know. We just, you know, when you get really contracted and you wish you could open your heart. I know that one. You're just like, how do I do it? How do I unlock it? It's how do I thaw it? And then in a moment when you're not pressured, when you just say, oh, may this be of benefit. In, in that act of generosity, it just can melt a bit. Because you can see in that moment that the confusion that the person is in. Perhaps it's a little easier to do it from that vantage point. Yeah. Okay, I think what I am going to do is uh, to have you turn to somebody for a few minutes, and you can share, uh, if you want, what you're feeling like working on, and maybe a little bit about uh, who would benefit from it. Okay? Since we have a few minutes, just take a couple of minutes uh, each and turn to somebody near you. Okay? This way it'll be anchored even more because it'll be witnessed by someone and you can witness them. Okay? If you need a partner, raise your hand, or it can be three. Three. Seven. You want?
Make sure the other person has a chance if you haven't yet switched. Okay, start finishing up. Okay. Okay, as you finish up. Now just for a moment before you uh, before we we come back in the group, uh, take a moment to, in your heart, wish this person well in their practice. You've just witnessed them, and they've witnessed you, and you can include them a little bit on your, on your team. We're, we can all root for each other as we, uh, as we dedicate our merit. Okay, and then uh, we'll just end with a short loving kindness. Breathe through your heart center. Breathe all the benevolence of life that's around you. Breathe it right inside. Let it fill you. As you breathe out, Let it radiate out. Share it with everyone. And for a moment, reflect on your good karma, your good fortune, all your paramis. It's not an accident, the goodness in your life. And let yourself Appreciate that.
and sharing your good fortune with everyone in your life and all beings. And some thoughts of kindness to yourself. May I awaken fully and share my understanding and love with everyone I know. May I connect with the deep peace that's right inside and share that peace with the world. And then extending that out to include everyone here and all beings in all directions. As I want happiness, may all find happiness in their lives. As I want peace, may all have peace in their lives. As I want love, may all feel their love inside and share it well. As I want freedom, may all awaken to their true nature and help others do the same. And may our coming here together, sharing the Dharma, practicing together, honestly looking, may any merit that we gain through our collective efforts be beneficial to everyone in our lives, to everyone in their lives, and ripple out to be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. Thank you. Thanks for your attention. And uh, it'll be interesting to check in. I think I'll check in at the beginning of next week if I can remember just seeing how your Bodhisattva practice is going and uh, if it gave you any juice to do it for somebody else's benefit too. Okay, have a great week. See you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.